Welcome to the Dashcast, brought to you by DashPay Magazine. This is episode two. I'm your host, Bill Cassidy. Today's guest is Amanda B. Johnson, former host of the Daily Decrypt YouTube show. About a month ago, her YouTube show ended and she took to the road in an RV camper with her manservant, Pete. Amanda just submitted her second Dash budget proposal. She's calling it Dash's very own YouTube show. Today, we're going to be talking about her life on the road and the new show. Amanda, it's nice to be interviewing you again. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm well. Thanks for asking, Bill. So first things first, let's talk about life on the road. Are you guys just driving to random spots or do you have a final destination you plan on reaching? Well, I wouldn't say it's random. Uh, my primary goal when we became mobile was just to be able to visit friends and family that I didn't see nearly as often as I wanted to see. So really, we've just been parked in the driveways of family members ever since we headed out about two months ago. Okay, so there, there's no, you're not taking advantage of the, of the Walmart parking lots or anything? Well, in, in the in-between times, like when we're going from family member house A to family member house B, because our, our families live super far apart, unfortunately, uh, we do take advantage of like truck stops and rest stops and things. And if those aren't available, then yeah, certainly the Walmart parking lots. How long do you guys usually stay in one spot? Well, I mean, we've just been doing this for about two months now, and the first place was about a month, and I guess the second place will be coming up on a month as well, but, but that's because we're visiting people we like the most right now, <laughs> so maybe later on down the line, it'll be more like, oh, a week, a few days. You guys probably have internet access when you're staying with friends and family and whatnot, but do you need internet access, like if you're staying at a truck stop or anything like that? Certainly, yes. We have a neat little gadget that I believe is called uh, just like an access point. Uh, I like to call it a Wi-Fi catcher. But yeah, it's just uh, it's a router, I believe. And so it, um, if we like say we park outside of Starbucks or McDonald's or whatever, uh, we can just pick up on their Wi-Fi. Maybe we'll even go in and buy a coffee, <laughs> especially if we need the password. <laughs> and then um, it rebroadcasts the signal within the RV, and uh, it, it increases the strength of if we had not used the Wi-Fi catcher. So like strangers, when you guys, are you guys interacting with strangers on the road? Not yet. Well, actually, that's a lie. That's a lie. We... <laughs> We meet, uh, we met a few people at truck stops thus far. And the wild thing is, is that uh, random people will come up and they'll compliment Pete on like the RV, which is funny because it's old. And I mean, we did repaint it uh, both inside and out. We took great pains to, you know, make it look nicer than it did because it was not a fine looking vehicle. And it's still just like, passable looking but for whatever reason people on the road often find it charming and so they'll come strike up a conversation and ask us what we do and yeah that that often leads into discussions of digital currencies awesome so you got are you guys pushing bitcoin or do you guys get into dash at all or uh, well, you, I, I would say, you know me, Bill, but you don't, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I am usually talking about dash these days. Uh, sometimes I'll 
if 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 I say something like dash, it's a digital currency, like a digital cash. Uh, if they have like a puzzled look about them, I'll say something like, it's kind of like Bitcoin. Have you heard of Bitcoin? Because sometimes that does ring a bell, and so yeah. that's that's a nice segue to get on the right track. Kind of use it as a reference point or whatever. How about, is there anything else you want to tell us about life on the road for anybody out there who may be thinking about doing this? Oh, golly. Well, I mean, if, um, if, if one has the desire and the ability to be mobile, you know, and still feed oneself, I, I think it is a great way to save money, really, because I don't, I don't know what people are paying in rent and mortgages all around the world. But personally, I know that I felt like I was paying way too much where I was living in New Hampshire. And come to think of it, I felt like I was paying way too much before that in Salt Lake and then way too much before that in Los Angeles. And so actually, the truth of it is, I'm just cheap, I guess. And so if you're cheap like me, then yeah, this can be a great way to just not be throwing away so much money on housing. So I, I don't know if I would necessarily call you cheap. I would probably give you the label of smart. <laughs> oh. Saving saving money and not spending, you know. I everyone loves to spend their cash nowadays. So just I guess being cheap is is a good thing in my opinion. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh so you guys are on the road and uh when we last spoke, it seemed like you stopped the daily decrypt show so you could take this road trip. But I'm wondering, did you know that you'd be submitting a Dash budget proposal before you took the road trip? Uh, so, so we did not stop the Daily Decrypt to take a road trip. We stopped the Daily Decrypt because I wanted to have some time and space to figure out how I could work for Dash exclusively. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, actually, because I just... Man, okay, so I mean, I've, I've studied a lot of currency protocols like over the past couple of years, right? Like ever since I started writing uh, at Bitcoin Magazine, like almost two years ago uh, and various other outlets. And so uh, I just, I'm comparing and contrasting these networks all of the time. And, and then uh, I try to apply, because frequently I think there's not enough discussion about the human incentive element to these networks. I think a lot of people assume that if the code is fancy enough, that somehow it's just going to run itself. Somehow this fancy blockchain is just going to maintain itself across the globe. And that is just not the case. And so I think in all of the metrics that I find to be most important in in, I mean, guessing as to whether a network will be around in five years or not, whether it will be worth much of anything in five years or not, Dash just keeps coming out on top when yeah. I do these analyses. And so, uh, yeah, so I just spent the last two months kind of just figuring out if I could find a way to fit into the Dash ecosystem and find a way to bring value. And so, yeah, I did uh, put in a budget proposal for Dash's very own YouTube show yesterday, and I'm so happy to report that it has passed. We'll get into the little details here. Uh, you're asking for 100, 123 Dash per month 
for the length of four months. Three months. And three months. Okay, sorry. I did my math wrong. That's okay. And you kind of just explained why you chose Dash. You've analyzed so many different projects. And if, if there was somebody out there that I would go and ask about a specific altcoin, it would probably be you because... <laughs> Hey. You, yeah, you've published numerous shows about numerous different cryptocurrencies. So you have the knowledge, you've done you've done your homework basically. So I, I understand why you, you chose Dash. And also we have this pretty pretty awesome budget system where you can submit a proposal and get paid. And I don't know of anybody else around here in this industry that currently has that. Do you? Um, I believe only BitShares has that, and uh, unfortunately, they they've lost a great deal of market capitalization since it turned out that uh, the okay. So they they thought that they had successfully hard forked in a way that would allow them to give some privacy to transactions within BitShares because BitShares is probably the single most transparent crypto network out there. Uh, because most users, uh, like in BitShares, you can't just generate, you cannot just generate uh, new addresses at will and at no cost. In BitShares, you have to pay for every new username you create. And so there's a huge disincentive to even be able to achieve any level of of privacy. And so they did have some talks and some plans of how some privacy could be added into their network. But unfortunately, um, I, I just I read a, a blog post by their lead developer or then lead developer ByteMaster, Dan Larimer, and he said it did not work as hoped. And, um, and they lost quite a bit of market share after that. Uh, and so other than them, no, I don't know of any at least no top 20 crypto network that that has a self-funding mechanism and i think that it is so important to be able to fund the network from its own blockchain because otherwise the the funds are going to have to come from somewhere right yeah whether people have like a foundation that's applying for grants or whether it's developers out looking for sponsors or whether it's just heavily invested companies who are able to hire on key actors and begin, you know, purchasing influence, and and then the network begins to lose sort of its it, the the independence of just its user base, like just its its most vest its vested users, and yeah. and that's a problem, and and I it may go down in history as what can be called the block stream problem and dash <laughs> is not going to have that problem right it's I, every time i think about this this uh system that the developers and dash have built this budget proposal system it's freaking it's awesome it's amazing honestly it's it's rad that you can just come here submit a proposal and create a youtube show and get paid for it you know like i how, agree how amazing is that and to add to that Currently, you know, Dash Dash's value is eight dollars per coin around there, and who knows? Like, imagine that goes to thirty dollars or fifty dollars. Just that's so much more budget money that could be spent on improving Dash. Truly, and uh, I I think that 
that it, it, it's just such a brilliant recognition that, I mean, I don't know who, I think it, it was Evan who created the budget system. Uh, and it was just such a brilliant recognition that he had that I think the, I think the words he uses are uh, employees. Like, uh, and so miners were the first employees, or rather jobs, I think he uses the word jobs. He said that mining, like as in Bitcoin, was the first decentralized network job. Yeah. And that's great, and that's awesome. And what Evan did was to have the sense to say, there are more jobs that need to be performed. And so that block reward has got to be divvied up so that more jobs can get done. And you would never see the Bitcoin miners letting the developers split the block reward. I, I could never see that happening. I mean, they, yeah. they, they can't even they can't even change the, the block size. They can't even right, agree right. on that. It um, seems a, a paralysis has sort of been reached. So I, I know you've already explained how your show's going to be going and the content you're going to be providing to everybody in your pilot episode and also in your proposal descriptions, but can you just give us like a brief description of the show? Well, uh, it has three main goals, uh, to inform, to entertain, and to make Dash's value proposition uh, over and over and in various ways because there are various value propositions there. Uh, the pilot episode, featured various segments. There was a, a price report, a masternode count report. Uh, there was a brief tutorial on uh, use of Dash with the Trezor hardware wallet. And that was, that was uh, our first stab at what this thing could look like. But uh, I've run a couple different YouTube channels in the past, uh, and probably the Daily Decrypt gave me the best experience to know that this is going to evolve. And so I think the best thing I can do, and I think, I think that what the most successful YouTubers seem to do is they're just always trying new things. And sometimes the new thing may not land so well, but sometimes the new thing ends up being a hit and then you can build on that and, and sort of continue to branch and branch and branch and, and work on what seems to be resonating best with your audience. So, you know, whether what we're producing with the, the Dash, um, Dash's very own YouTube show, if it looks in three months, anything like yesterday's pilot episode looked, I, I hope not. I hope <laughs> not. I hope it's much, much better. I think it will be. I'm, I mean, yesterday's episode, the pilot episode was great already. I, I like that you haven't set it in stone. You know, you're kind of molding it as you go. So if there is anything you could say right now to convince those 12 no votes to change their votes to yes, what would it be? Oh, man. You know, I was wondering who those people were. And <laughs> I'm thinking it's probably the NSA. And yeah. they just, they have some master nodes and they don't want to see Dash succeed. And so they just vote no on everything. Okay. And because I was looking through like uh, the, you know, the most popular budget proposals like uh, like the Dash, Lama Sioux, ATM integration, and like the salary for the core developers and everything. And even those have like, 
over a hundred no votes on them. So that made me feel not so bad. So Bill, I really don't think there's anything that I can say to convince those 12 <laughs> votes to change their minds. Yeah, I don't think you really need to anyways. So, you know, a lot of people get to see you because you're the, you're the face of the show and kind of get to interact with you in the community on Slack and in the forums and stuff. But fun, huh? yeah, it's fun for sure. Um, I'm sure most of us have heard you use the comment manservant and I'm wondering, <laughs> can you tell us, you know, we don't, we don't want to leave Pete in the, in the shadows. No, uh, I'm assuming. Well, that he's I mean, sometimes we let him out if he earns it. Yes. <laughs> I'm assuming he's an essential part of your show though. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about how he helps you? Absolutely. Uh, so his name is Pete Ayer. Uh, he is the co-founder of Cop Block. And so it was through growing Cop Block from something that no one had ever heard of to something that had a YouTube channel with over 60,000 subscribers and a Facebook page with 2 million plus likes that he learned how to do social media and video editing. And so that, that is Pete's strength. Um, so our, our workflow is basically that I do the research and then I write the content for the show. And then Pete edits the footage and optimizes the YouTube channel. And then if we have them, the social media channels to make them you know, more clickable or more shareable or have more relevant keywords, that sort of thing. Cool. So he's, he's your tech expert slash manservant. Yes. And everyone <laughs> should have one if they want one. <laughs> Anybody that does watch Amanda's show, don't forget that, you know, she works hard, but she's also got some, some pretty good support system behind her. So uh, just give, give props to Pete also. Um, yeah. Hell yeah for Pete. Yeah. Hell yeah for Pete, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Amanda, is there anything else you want to tell us before I let you go? Uh, I would just say crypto on, Bill. Crypto on. Awesome. Thank you very much for the interview. And I want to say congratulations, Amanda, and good luck with the show. Hopefully, I can get you back on here, or maybe you can do an interview on your show with Bill Cassidy one time. <laughs> All right. I'll consider that. And yeah, uh, everybody head on over to youtube.com slash dash org and get yourself subscribed. Awesome. Thanks again, Amanda. Yep. Bye-bye.